0: It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. For peace of mind, visit PDCenterLV.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702 335 5744. 702 335 5744. Leverer's Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium, and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the aviators. PromoDirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. PromoDirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because SportsX Radio with Ken
1: Thompson starts now. 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 Ah, KT live on a throwback Thursday. You know, Andy Isco's in the house. He is back. PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. PSBR Law, the best in personal injury. Southern Cal for a long time here in the Vegas Valley. Now year number four. Over four and a half billion verdicts and settlements for their clients the last four and a half years. Strength by Your Side, The Relentless Pursuit of Justice is Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, PSBR Law. 702, you got down. Jot it down. You may need it for future reference. 830-9353. 830-9353. 830-9353. And that's where we are Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays the PSBR Law Studios. Of course, Wednesday, 1750 North Buffalo. Last night, back at Steiner's Pub, Roger Sachs and the crew with three great properties here in the Vegas Valley. And all three... Right now, there are people drowning their sorrows, drinking heavily. Good chance that uh, the Golden Knights will get this series done against Dallas. But they lose tonight in overtime, 3-2. to It just ended moments ago. Uh, Dallas getting a power play in the overtime. McNabb taking a penalty and Dallas cashing in. And they get their first win in the series. So no sweep in the Western Conference. Got a sweep last night in the Eastern Conference. Florida took care of business four games to none over Carolina. But the Dallas Stars stay alive without their captain, Jamie Benn, who still has one more game that he will be suspended. So when they take it back to the Fortress on Saturday, he will not be playing in that game. That's why it becomes a crucial game for Vegas. They do not want to head back to Big D with a 3-2 lead, knowing that Jamie Benn would be back in the lineup for the Stars. In studio, of course, the great Andy Isco. Follow him on Twitter, at VegasAndy711, at VegasAndy711, thelogicalapproach.com. That is his site. That's his site. And, of course, Mark Hoke. He's spinning the hits, and he's also running the show. He is the producer, and he is also the host of the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Now, normally, last Tuesday of every month, we bring in Rob Rishi. He's my farmer's insurance guy. We mix in a little sports. We mix in a little insurance talk so you guys can stay up on what's going on in the insurance world. And Rob's been a great sponsor of the show for many years. And we are very fortunate to have him. But I got the little text, KT won't be able to make it. I'll be hung over from, uh, you know, from the uh, uh, Memorial Day. And I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it in Tuesday. Plus, my St. Louis Cardinals are struggling. And I'd like to see them get a win on Monday. So I'll probably be hung over even more by hanging out at Winchell's and watching them getting a big Monday afternoon victory. No, it's actually uh, just running into a little scheduling confliction there for Rob Ricci. So I said, well, come in Thursday. Hang out. With me in the great A.I., the first, the original A.I., not Alan Iverson, not Andre Iguodala, not artificial intelligence. It is Andy Isco. And Rob Rishi, it is great to have you on a throwback Thursday. And I had not realized that you never met the great Isco. Never, never met Andy. It's a pleasure. And uh, after
2: meeting me, you now know why.
1: Now, you right. know, the, the guy behind the curtain, he, and he looks like the guy that was behind the true,
3: curtain. True, true, true. Yeah. Don't open that curtain. But, uh, no, great uh, to be here. Uh, It's uh, Throwback Thursday. That's good to hear. I I couldn't be there the last Tuesday of the month, so I'm here tonight, and uh, I
1: hope I uh, fill in admirably. Well, let's hope so. Now, you're the big KISS fan. That's your favorite group. And for the last Tuesday of every month, I always say, Rob, and this has been going on for years now, I need at least two new listeners. I need their favorite band and their favorite sports team. And you have come through in flying colors. And there have been several times throughout the years, Rob Rishi, that you did put up a three spot. So we give you a mulligan. Because why? Because I've only got, got one tonight. One new listener. But, again, it's four days earlier than you would have been here. So, again, with the uh, the mulligan there. And, and who is your new listener? Is it uh, Joe Mulligan?
3: No, nope, it is Ricky Kumar, who actually is my, one of them, my uh, UPS driver. He's been delivering to me a long time, and I I told him, you know what? You need to listen to K-Don, 720, and the Ken Thompson show tonight. Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, but 101.5 FM K-Don. So that's where we're That'll be hard to pick
3: up on his transistor radio, but um, no, absolutely, and he was excited. Um, He immediately, when I asked him the question, favorite rock band, said Metallica. No hesitation. He thought about the sports question a little, favorite sports team, and uh, he said, Las Vegas Golden Knights, there it is, Metallica and the Vegas Golden Knights, so a uh, good combination. You
2: may have to explain to some of our listeners what a transistor radio is, however.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I uh, was probably in second grade when I had mine black and uh, mostly got AM stations. But, yeah, Andy, I know I know you still have yours. So, uh,
2: Oh, I destroyed it when I was trying to chip, and I got too close to the radio with uh, my wedge one day in on the front yard.
1: Gotcha.
3: Well, at least the 8-track came in handy at the time.
1: Yeah, I remember Dad giving me. He had a white transistor radio. Had a black one, but wow. he had a white one as well. And there was something there was something to be said about those powerful stations at nighttime. Oh yeah, exactly. That you could pick up when KMOX you went radio real yep. slow. See, yeah, and you're spoiled because you've been a big St. Louis Cardinal fan, Rob Rishi. Yeah, KMOX, big fifty thousand watt signal. Uh, Andy Isco, uh, Nate, give me a station that you picked up because you were on Long Island and, uh, you know, I was in North Jersey.
2: I picked up KMOX quite a bit, picked up, I think, WTOP, I think, from Washington. I picked up, uh, what was it, the Canadian Broadcasting Company out of, uh, I think it was Toronto maybe back then. And uh, Buffalo, New York came in and uh, W, oh, what is that, it's WBZ, I think it is, or something along those, B B E I, one of those stations up in Boston. And so that was back in the days when uh, if you lived in that in the New England area, you either a fan of the Boston slash New England Patriots or the New York Giants. And there used to be radio shows coming out of Boston that would have a lot of fun poking fun at the Giants who were bad in those days.
1: Oh, they were. They were horrendous. And, of course, in North Jersey, the one claim to fame that I had was I think it was like on a Tuesday night, and there weren't many sports games going on. And so, you know, sometimes my sisters and you had the one TV in the living room and it was always like, oh, let's watch. And it'd be some stupid show that I didn't want to watch. And I'm just like, whatever. So I'd grab the transistor and I'd uh, make it make it to bed early and just like start going real slow on that little dial and just hoping to pick up something. And so. All of a sudden, I, I, I get something. I hear something. And it's a game. And, it's, I, and I'm just like, I have no idea what this game is. And, but it's going in and out. And it's going, and then you're hearing, you know, like about, you know, seven, eight uh, words of play-by-play. And then still, and finally, my dad just comes in because it's, it's making like these whale sonar sounds. And he's like, what do you got, son? What, do you, what are you listening to? I'm like, oh, my God, Dad, it's awesome. I, I, I've got the, the Canadians game from from Canada and he's like and so he comes closer and he's trying to listen and it's like driving him nuts and all of a sudden he looks at me and goes you don't know French <laughs> I, I go I know but I know I know Dryden and I know Cornway and I know the names of the Mahovlich brothers and and I know when they score because the guy gets all excited and I'll never forget my <laughs> dad walking out going shaking his head going he's gone too far this time Isco what about you man and, uh did your dad come in when you were listening to some games
2: I had I was very good at playing fast asleep when I could sense my parents walking down the hall. I had the transistor radio under the pillow. Usually it would be oh maybe ten thirty eleven o'clock at night, and the Mets were on the West Coast. Oh, those were the
1: best. So I
2: had it under the uh, pillow, and I would turn the volume down to almost off. Yep. And I could sense when they would look in, and then walk away, and then just raise the volume a little bit under the pillow.
1: Yeah, it's the. I'd still yeah.
2: fall asleep around the seventh inning, but. It's probably about four more innings than I normally would have gotten.
1: Right. No question. And, and of course, the, the TV guide was the big thing as we were right. growing mm-hmm. up because you'd grab the old TV guide. Now, Rob, you were central time zone, but we were eastern time zone. So you'd get it and you'd look for the old sports and specials, right? And so yep. the specials were the entertainment, but the sports. And so while you wanted your team to be at home a lot of the time, you know, because you felt like home field advantage or home ice advantage or home court advantage – you loved when they were on the road because then you got the TV games. But you knew that you were always going to get games on the radio. And I think we all grew up fans of radio, and we all uh, kind of you know, migrated that way. And, and so we appreciate a good call of a great game. And that's why I really enjoy Dan Duva, the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, he had a tough call to end the game as, again, the Knights shorthand it, and they lose in overtime. So three of the four games now have gone overtime, Dallas winning 4 nothing the other night, and that, of course, became the Waterloo of Jamie Benn as he uh, the captain for the Stars with a a cheap shot on Mark Stone. You know, you cross-check, especially around the neck. I mean, the neck and head area, you're you're risking head injury. And uh, so not only does he get the game misconduct for that particular game, but comes down, the NHL hands him a two-game suspension. And so for all intents and purposes, I was thinking the Golden Knights had a great opportunity to end things tonight. They still have... No Jamie Benn next game, which will be back here in Vegas. That'll be on Saturday, and we'll get into that. Uh, but the Stars do find a way to get it done. And they never had the lead in this game until the end of the game because the Golden Knights grabbed a one nothing lead in the first period, early on in the in the uh, first period, and they've been doing that. They've been taking care of business early. Uh, but it was William Carlson, four seventeen into the game, assisted by Riley Smith and Nicholas Waugh. And so they had the one nothing lead. And then Jason Robertson comes back. Uh, his fifth of the playoffs power play goal. He had nine shots on goal, Robertson did in the first two periods. I didn't see what he finished with, but Jonathan Marciso restored order as far as the Knights were concerned, 10 23 into the second period uh, from Braden McNabb, who's the one that, of course, committed the penalty in overtime. Jack Eichel also getting an assist, and the Golden Knights were 9 and 0 when Eichel registered a point in the postseason, but that came to an end tonight. Uh, Robertson tied things up with just under three minutes to go in the second period. Uh, Lindell and Domi. And I thought Domi should have been suspended for a couple games after his cheap shot on Haig the other night as well. But that didn't come down. He was just got the game misconduct uh, for the last game. And then Joe Pavelski, the old man, came up big. Uh, Heskinen and uh, Hints with the assist. three eighteen into the overtime. Again, a power play goal with McNabb on the bench. 3-2 to two, Dallas wins it. Andy Isko, uh, your take as far as... Going back to the Fortress, the Knights know they had an opportunity to sweep and probably a little bit more pressure on them to get a sweep with Florida sweeping away Carolina last night in the Eastern Conference Finals.
2: Well, the only thing is, and it's with the NBA as well, uh, where there's the finals are scheduled to start on a specific date. So, like, for the NBA, uh, let's assume that even if, if uh, Miami had won tonight, they didn't, but if they wrap it up early— they don't play the first game of the finals until a week from tonight, June 1st. I believe the NHL Stanley Cup Finals start two days later on July 3rd. So the longer, June, June 3rd, I'm sorry, June 3rd, the longer that uh, the, um, the, the Florida is off, the rustier they may be, as opposed to let's say this series gets extended to six games, where maybe the Knights would, assuming the well, the Knights would have to win if it goes. Uh, Six because it would be four two that they will have had a decent amount but not too much time off, so it 's not a terrible negative, but I still think the knights uh, i don 't know that they uh, obviously they wanted to win tonight it was a very well played game by both sides, and you know let 's remember aside from that four nothing game, the first two games did go to overtime, so they were evenly matched in those two games, uh, but it would be important for them to uh, wrap up the game here on Saturday because you don't want to go back down to Dallas where they have all the am- all the momentum and then they have an opportunity to even up the series at three and unlike uh, the NBA where it's never been done uh, for a team coming back from down 3-0 it's happened I think four times I believe in the NHL uh, where a team down 3-0 has come back to win so I think the Knights uh, I'll say the pressure is probably fairly even on both, maybe slightly more on Dallas in Game 5 because they have to win, but there's also pressure on the Knights to avoid having to see a 3 nothing lead potentially become 3-3 if they have to go back to Dallas for Game yeah,
1: 6. There you go. And with Jamie Ben, their captain, coming back, you could yep. just feel that that would be just like how do we survive the two games without our captain, plus, of course, the game that he got tossed. That was early on in Game 3. He got that uh, game misconduct, and uh, so he was done, and the Golden Knights had three goals in the first seven minutes and really put a stranglehold on the series. But give Dallas credit. They found a way to come back again, never led in the game until the final score, and they do it on a power play goal in overtime. They win it 3-2. to For those that had the under in this game, I mean, how fortunate. You're looking at a five and a half and you know Dallas is pulling the goalie if they're if they're trailing the Golden Knights as well and there it is 3 to 2 it ends up being the final but you had to sweat out about 30 minutes without a goal being scored in regulation in order to forge it into overtime and avoid a potential empty net situation ai
2: yeah exactly uh we could see as we were watching the game with uh, some friends over dinner tonight uh, you and i uh, that the knights looked Somewhat lethargic, really throughout most of the third period and even a good part of the second period, and Dallas really seemed to be energized the longer that this game remained tied, Uh, and ultimately they scored, as we see so often, if these games don't go multiple overtimes, fairly early in that uh, first overtime. I think it was two to three minutes in. Uh, So uh, hopefully uh, the uh, Knights will, uh, I'm not going to say learn from this, but be a little bit better. Uh, prepared for uh, for Game 5, because and it would be nice to see them get out to an early lead. Not important for them to do so, but it would be very nice for them to do
1: so. All right, so 3-2 to two Dallas wins. We take a break, our first break of the night. Rob Rishi is with us, going to get into a lot of things, and, of course, Rob being a big St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. Mark Hoke, of course, the big Orioles fan, my producer. And uh, remember, they dropped that first game against the Yankees. They came back with the win last night after they had an 8-run 7th, I believe it was, uh, came up big and ended up winning that game 9-6. to So this was the rubber game at Yankee Stadium. I think you'll find out how things turned out as far as that game and the series uh, because there was going to be a little uh, Sinatra, New York, New York, if the Yankees had won that game. So we'll wait and see. Do we have that when we come back? We'll find out. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, K-DAWN, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It is a worldwide app. Download that baby now. We'll be right back live from Vegas at PA Sport, BR Law Studios. It is Ken Thompson, Rob Rishi, Andy Isco, producer Mark Hoke. You're listening to SportsX Radio.
0: Something magic happens every time you go. You make the magic happen. Magic of Orioles baseball when the game is close and the yokes are hot. There's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they got. And you never know who's gonna hear them call. Every game has a different star. That's the magic of real baseball. Yes, there it is.
1: A little magic there. Uh, Orioles magic. So Yankee fans were uh, fooled by that comeback victory and getting the first of the three-game set, but the Orioles come back and take the next two. Go to 33 and 17. Yankees drop to 30 and 22. And very impressive. The Orioles playing 6-67 ball on the road, 18 and 9 away from Camden Yards, 33 and 16 overall. And uh, didn't gain any ground on the first place Rays cuz the Rays were taking care of business at home against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays after suffering that 20-1 to loss. They come up with a couple straight victories over Toronto. Real quick to the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. gets you caught up there as uh, we will roll on through as we'll talk the, uh, the hockey, but we'll get into the basketball because I did say I thought the Celtics would be able to extend this to at least game six, and uh, Tyler Hero actually warming up. A little bit in practice there with the Miami Heat, but not ready to go as of yet. They also played uh, this game shorthanded. Uh, Andy Isco, who else were they missing? They were missing uh, one of their starters that's been playing really Vincent. well. Gabe Vincent, right? Gabe Vincent was out. 110 to 97. Uh, the line did go up a half point after uh, the Vincent injury was announced, the ankle injury. Uh, but Boston, yeah, it was,
2: it was announced earlier today. The line actually, I think it reached nine at one or two places, but basically was going between eight and a half and eight. And I think at most places it closed eight and a half.
1: Yep, it did close eight and a half at the Westgate Superbook. 215, your total game stays under the total. 110 to 97. The game wasn't that close because Boston led this game pretty much from 16 to 20 throughout the game and started nailing their three pointers early. Didn't wait like they had last game. Uh, where they were able to come up with their first victory in the series. So they've won two in a row. Rob Rishi, real quick, Boston, they're going back to Miami. They get that win there. They'll send it back to Beantown. What's your take? you think they're going to win game six in Miami, or will you take the heat in Jimmy Butler?
3: Definitely take the heat. They're going to shut down the show, and uh, Miami is going to
1: move on. All right, uh, Andy Isco?
2: Yeah, and I'm showing a line right now of Boston, a three-point road favorite. Total two ten and a half, which is right around where it's been the last few games. Haven't made a decision yet on that. Um, I'd be inclined to look at Miami. It's almost a situation where if Miami does not win this game, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to win up in uh, up in Boston. It's always been difficult to win Game Sevens on the road, and Boston has been one of those places where many teams have fallen. So uh, I think I, I think we're going to get one of Miami's best efforts because if we don't. Uh, it'll be a one-game uh, winner-take-all.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, Miami was four and one at TD Garden the last two years in the postseason. Uh, that line at the Westgate Superbook. If you want to play Boston, I'd get on it now because it's two and a half there. Uh, but three, pretty much everywhere else around town. So right now, two and a half, Boston, the favorite in Miami. That'll be Saturday, five thirty p.m. Pacific time. Two eleven and a half is your total. And then the line is out for the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars. That will be a five oh five Pacific time start. So not an earlier afternoon game. Uh, total is five and a half. in the Vegas Golden Knights right now at the Westgate Superbook minus one thirty eight, and anywhere from minus one thirty 130 to one thirty eight around town. Rob Rishi, Golden Knights, do they take care of business Saturday at the Fortress? They do. I think they really show up strong, and uh, I think they're going to
3: look at each other and say, this is the time we have to win. There, There's no Game 6, no Game 7, blah, blah, blah. It's time to take care of business.
1: Andy?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you take a look at Dallas, they were embarrassed by that game the other night. So, you know, it should be all that surprising that they came out with a concerted effort tonight, even though... Again, they never led until the uh, final, uh, the final tally of the game in overtime. But also, they never fell behind more than uh, the one goal. But uh, uh, I would think that the Knights will wrap it up back at home. You know, it, 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 you know, it's it's unlike other sports where you actually have the strategic advantage because you get to make the final line change if uh, if you wish at playing at home. Uh, I guess maybe the other advantage might be in baseball when we talk about that runner on second base because that that can change. Uh, which uh, the road team actually has the advantage at the top of the 10th because it dictates the strategy that may be in play for the home team in the bottom of the 10th that they don't have an opportunity to do if the road team scores multiple runs. But in hockey, you do have that advantage, and I think that the Knights will make good use of it. And hopefully they get a nice uh, couple of nights rest because they did look much more fatigued tonight than Dallas did.
1: I agree with you 100%. We were saying that that you can kind of feel it, like, Dallas was getting to those 50-50 yep. later on in the game and uh, early on in overtime. But the man advantage, the way Dallas was playing, we just, all three of us felt that, you know what, Golden Knights are in trouble if they're going to be manned down because they were having a lot of trouble 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, well, of course, the goaltenders are 6-on-6, six six, but they were having a lot of trouble uh, staying with Dallas and just seemed like all those, you know, pucks were going the other way. It was about 70-30 Dallas over the last period. So congrats to the Stars. They take care of business, but let's hope it ends at T-Mobile on Saturday, 5.05 Pacific time. Real quick on that Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Two games in the WNBA. I'll get there first just because the Las Vegas Aces are in action. Coming off their opening win, 40-plus points up in Seattle. They're in L.A. They trailed this game by eight, nine points. Now they're up by four after three quarters, 67-63. They went off a 15 and a half point favorite, total 169 and a half. And Phoenix at home trying to get their first win. They've dropped their first two with Brittany Griner back in the lineup. Uh, they lead Minnesota, lead the Lynx minute 15 to go third quarter, 67 to 58. And they went off a five point favorite, total 159 and a half there. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball. These are your finals from earlier Cincinnati and St. Louis. Well, that makes Rob Rishi a happy camper. I picked a good day for him to come in. Michaelis on the hill. They take care of business two to one, get past Cincinnati. Luke Weaver actually pitched a pretty good game for the Reds Uh, Cardinals went off a minus 124, and the game stays well under the 9.5. Colorado, a 7-6 win over Miami. Wild game there, Andy Isco. Yeah,
2: uh, uh, Miami had the early lead in this contest, but going to the bottom of the eighth inning, it was a uh, 2-2 tie. Colorado scored Four in the bottom of the eighth to go up six two, so your under, which I think was ten and a half or eleven, looked still pretty good until Miami scored four in the top of the ninth to make it six six. They needed to score at least one more run uh well actually two more runs because Colorado ended up winning it in the bottom of the ninth with a run to win seven six so uh if you had the under in that game. I guess you'd have to say that's a bad beat because you were being teased for eight innings.
1: Rob Richie, let me go back to that uh, Redbirds victory over Cincinnati. Puts them a game ahead of Cincinnati. Gets you out of the cellar. 23-29. Uh, and 29. That's bad if you're a Cardinals fan, but it's not bad if you saw this team get out of the gate the way they did at 10-23. and 23. So you got to feel pretty good the way their birds are playing right now.
3: We, were, we had the worst record in the National League at one point uh, after like 30 games. And I don't think... I can't remember since I've been born the last time I could say that. So you're absolutely correct. Um, It's going to be all about our pitching. I know that's a cliche for a lot of teams, but if we get our pitchers in order, our bullpen's finally starting to get some stability, um, look out for the Cardinals. The division is not strong, um, including us. But if we get hot, look out, and you do not want to play the St. Louis Cardinals. I
2: have a question for you, Rob, and that's what's happened to Jack Flaherty?
3: Yeah, you know Jack. Um, gosh, I, I, he's got so much physical talent. So it's it's in his head, in my opinion. And uh, again, if he becomes the stopper that he used to be, it was brief, but that he used to be. Look out when you we've got Wainwright back in the in the rotation, uh, which I love from a leadership standpoint. And then Mikolas and and um, you know if Flaherty gets hot, look out.
1: There you go. That's all you could say. If Flaherty gets hot, look out. All right, but the Redbirds back to twenty-three and twenty-nine, and again in that Central, not too bad. Uh, again, Milwaukee atop that division, but only four games over five hundred. Pittsburgh 500. fading a little bit now. Uh, Pittsburgh fading a lot after getting off to a really hot start. Uh, San Diego able to hold on and get an eight-six win at Washington. That came flying over the nine and a half, eight to five, Atlanta. Uh, gets three in the bottom of the eight to break a 5-5 tie, beat the Phillies 8-5. And Aaron Nolan not pitching great ball. Uh, Mets finally get a win at Wrigley Field. Carrasco on the hill. Kyle Hendricks making his debut for the season. And the Mets win it by a score of 10-1, to getting up and over the total of eight. And then San Francisco makes Larry Ragusa a happy camper. He said, God, we need to get at least five runs so a grand slam can't hurt us. Well, they got the five runs. They win it 5 nothing behind Alexander over Tehran uh, as they beat Milwaukee. Meanwhile, American League Tampa six-three comeback beat Toronto. The last two after dropping that twenty-to-one embarrassing worst loss in their history. Couple days ago, Detroit continues to play good, solid ball. Chris win a happy camper with those Tigers, seven to two over Chicago Bills. Pale Hose up there at uh, Comerica, three to one. Baltimore, the big score for Mark Koch, as the Orioles behind Kyle Gibson beat the Yankees, three to one. Take two out of three in that series, and Seattle leads top nine now. They just left the bases loaded, but did take the lead against the Oakland A's. Spot at the A's, a two spot in the top of the first. They're now in the top of the ninth. It is three to two, Seattle leading, and they got a three two win already in this series but the A's already at 10 wins and uh and 40 losses or 41 losses it is not good uh if you're an A's fan but we know they're coming to Vegas and things are going to change we're going to get that new little 30,000 uh I guess 30,000 seat retractable roof stadium and uh you know Vegas just turning into the sports mecca all the way around Rob Rishi, before we go to our second break, I did want to uh, duck in some insurance as well. You've been farmer's insurance for a long time here in the Vegas Valley, and that's how you make your living. You do a great job keeping people up to date when there's things that are going on in the insurance world. And we always touch on the life insurance and the homeowner's insurance and different things like that. Uh, But there's some other stuff going on as well. So I kind of wanted you to update our listeners, keep everybody updated on some things that are going on. Uh, But from an insurance standpoint, uh, you've got Identity Shield, and that's something that folks will not be familiar with if you can kind of elaborate a little bit.
3: You bet. Thanks, Ken. And Identity Shield, uh, it could be a different name for the company that you're with, but Identity Shield, Identity Fraud is all about uh, two things. Number one, someone hacks into your uh, financial accounts and, uh, for lack of better words, takes money, causes damage. And, And number two, or causes credit problems for you, to build that back costs money. That's an expense. So we offer that with our homeowner's policy, and and I'll be honest with you, e- even a farmer's customer, it, it, and sure, blame it on me or blame it on any agent, most people don't even know what that coverage is or know if they have it. So I'm telling you folks, look at your home policy. This is more common than uncommon where someone hacks. They could hack into your Facebook account, and it also goes for businesses, um, I unfortunately had a, a call from a business uh, where this actually happened on Facebook. Uh, they weren't with farmers. I encouraged them to look into their business policy for cyber liability, and uh, they didn't have it. And it's just something that's very prevalent. It's something that is very unpredictable, but it can happen literally
1: to anyone. There you go. And you have to also be uh, be alert with, you know, texts or emails that are coming in that look realistic. They'll look like a company letterhead uh, or it'll look like a legit text that's coming in. There was one that I recently got uh, that talked about, you know, and they spelled the, my name right. Of course it's Thompson without a P, but saying that there was some uh, person with that same last name that uh, several, a couple of years ago passed away in Canada. Now uh, I got it. It's from, you know, a company that I, checked in too quickly. And there was this actual company in Canada that had handled uh, these types of things. And they're saying, Hey, you could be the heir that we're looking And, you know, and next thing, you know, I, I just kind of went and did my research and down in Arizona, a guy actually got taken advantage of something like this because he figured, you know, it, it was adding up. Uh, they had, uh, you know, family area where the family had some Relatives and whatnot, and somebody had passed away, so they weren 't sure if that this was actually a a relative and uh, lo and behold, they were trying to get information from you, so you 've got to be careful and for your younger folks, you know if, uh, if you have elderly parents, uh, make sure that you know they 're not answering the, the phones if they don 't know where the numbers are coming from uh, make sure you have the Uh, software on your phone or a lot of the phone companies have it though, to let you know, is it a spam risk call? Is it, you know, telemarketer? Because those people are good at what they do. They're trained and they're good at what they do. And if they can uh, get an elderly person in there, next thing you know, they're trying to either let them know that they could be in trouble, Uh, Their credit could be in trouble or they may owe money or this or that, uh, but they can settle it, no problem, and just get the information. Next thing you know, they can get hit hit up for thousands of dollars. And, uh, Rob, that's dangerous stuff in itself.
3: Yeah, dangerous, and and we not only protect you from the act – we also protect you from the cost it takes to repair that because that's that's not free either. So if it happens to you, you want to have that coverage, and our coverage is linked to the home policy. It's an endorsement, and I highly recommend it.
1: And Rob Rishi, Farmers Insurance, his office right there, 193 East Warm Springs Road, Suite 101. And, of course, the phone number, jot it down. You hear it each hour when we do our... Billboards there because Rob's been a great sponsor for a while. But you got the 702 down for Vegas for Rob Rishi's Farmers Insurance, 335 5744. 335 5744. 335 5744. -5744. And if Rob can't help you or he thinks there's a better deal with another insurance company that might uh, fit what you're looking for, he has no problem recommending somebody else. And uh, also, bilingual service. So if you're Espanol, Trust me, Rob Rishi. He's got people there in the office that can take care of you, and seven days a week, Rob. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and
3: um, you know Sunday's a light day for us, and if we were in the middle of Montana, probably being open on Sunday wouldn't matter. But we're in Las Vegas; it's a twenty-four-seven town, and uh, people in the industry appreciate it. So, um, give us a call, and um, Saturday's my favorite day because most people don't don't realize we're open. So, um, but yeah, give us a call; we'll, we'll be happy to help you.
2: Now let me let me ask you this question, Rob: Do you offer that insurance? As a standalone product.
3: The, the cyber... The cybersecurity. It comes with our home policy, yes. So it's it included at no extra cost. Of course, it's part of the overall package, but it's not something you have to ask for. Or Now, if you want higher, it comes with 15000 in coverage. If for some reason you need that more, you can ask. It also comes with our business policies for 50000
4: Yeah,
2: Yeah, and by the way, you know, Ken, you're talking about those... Uh, uh, phishing emails the one thing i do you take your mouse and you hover over the link don't press it hover over the link and you'll see that the the address is you know ww dot some gibberish something that's the telltale sign that uh that that's a spam email
1: yeah and a lot of times if you get uh an email that has you know maybe somebody's name but they have no address or phone number or anything there with the signature that'll let you know too uh, you know, probably De- not. Legit. Dear
2: such and such customer without your name, your your account has had some issues. That's also one that uh, when they don't put your name in there, that's a pretty good sign. But still, you want to check to make sure, you know, who sent the email, what the return, what the reply address is. And if you feel uncomfortable about it, it it's kind of like when you get a, a spam, a, something that is a spam call or a number you don't recognize on your phone and you don't answer it. My thought is, don't answer it. If they want to leave you a message, if they really want you, if it's legitimate, they'll leave a message for you.
1: Great stuff from Andy Isco. We are live. PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Ken Thompson, special guest Rob Rishi in studio. Andy Isco, of course, on a throwback Thursday. After uh, recovering from his trip back east, seeing family, and uh, of course taking in a Mets loss, uh, that'll take a toll on you, no question about it. We are back to wrap up our number one, 101.5 FM K Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A U D A C Y, live from Vegas, live PSBR Lost Studios. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back.
0: You need my love, baby. You know way if
1: we didn't have a little kiss coming back, it wouldn't be Rob Rusci in studio. Usually play it last Tuesday of each month, but Rob, a little rescheduling. Mark Hoke accommodating, spinning the hits here on a throwback Thursday as we. Uh, Enter the last segment of our number one, SportsX Radio. Alex B. Smith will join us top of our number two. Andy Isco will stay here on the Throwback Thursday in studio. But Rob Rishi, a big Cardinals fan, but a big Golden Knights fan. Grew up with the St. Louis Blues being his team. Andy Isco and I grew up Ranger fans. Andy, of course, on Long Island, so he migrated to the Islanders. Why not? They won four cups in a row. He didn't have to hear the 1940 chants. Uh, But Rob Rishi got a taste of that cup with the Blues a couple years ago. And uh, now... He's sporting those Vegas Golden Knights jerseys all the time. You're a big supporter of the Vegas Golden Knights, Rob. So I'm hoping they can get it done for the city and for this team too. And Cassidy's done a great job coaching this team. I hope they can take care of business. But you've got your farmer's insurance right here in the Vegas Valley. And uh, one of the things we always talk about is life insurance because you never know when somebody's going to pass. And as you and Andy and I were talking in studio, I mean, we had Tina Turner at 83 and Jim Brown at uh, whatever, 81, 87. Or 87, I'm sorry. Yeah. A little uh, older and lived good long lives, but you just never know when your number is up and you know, you, you've got to be careful. I mean, I just saw one of the most heartbreaking stories a couple days ago where a bride was killed on her wedding day in Charlotte, North Carolina, which was uh, literally hours after saying her vows uh, by a 25-year-old gal that was driving uh, with her blood alcohol at .261 and uh, very remorseful on the calls that we heard that came from the jail. But at the end of the day, somebody lost their life, and the uh, groom was able to survive and is just as distraught as ever, and uh, it is what it is. I mean, these things happen, and so that's why I always tell you, you know, prepare for your ride. If you're going to go out and you're going to have some adult beverages, prepare before you put yourself in the position to make the decision whether or not you're going to drive because a lot of people think, okay, well, I've got to get to work the next day, or I've got obligations. I don't want to leave my car here. And you've got Uber, you've got Lyft, you've got cabs. Uh, You also, here in the Vegas Valley, very fortunate, 866-456-RIDE. I mean, they'll come get you and your car, and that's a flat fee, and they've been doing that for a long time. And during holiday seasons, they'll do it for free just to cut down on potential fatalities here in the Vegas Valley and throughout Clark County. Uh, But, Rob, you just never know as far as, you know, know, how long you're going to live. So I always try to get it out there because I know a lot of people that I I know – uh, that are in their 30s and 40s still don't have life insurance for their kids and just thinking that they're good, they're untouchable. But you put it in perspective as far as, you know, you have the whole life insurance and you've got the term life insurance, kind of weigh in on those before we wrap up our number one.
3: Absolutely. And and it's all about protecting your future income. When you're a 30, 40-year-old, you may not even be married yet. You may not even have a family, but that could happen down the road. So why not prepare when it's less cost But it's about protecting your future income. I've said it a million times. If I die tomorrow, my wife is going to be protected because I have a policy in place. If I didn't have a policy, she would lose all that future income. If I die at 85, God willing, I'm just spending money at at 85. So I don't care how healthy you are. When you're in an automobile, when you're out in public for any reason, and and not only you mentioned the drinking, the the marijuana usage, um, it all is a... uh, gosh it's it's just a weapon that that can strike you no matter how healthy you are uh a very negative situation the rug situation the 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 girl that passed away you know Tina she, tintoria yeah exactly she she didn't expect that to happen to her and quite frankly rugs might be lucky he he wasn't killed himself, so it had nothing to do with he's a phenomenal athlete uh off the charts you know with all the medical stuff, but doesn't matter when you come in those situations.
1: There you go. And uh, again, folks, you need anything, any type of insurance help. Again, if Rob can't help you, well, he'll be able to steer you in the right direction. I know uh, I have specialty insurance on the one car that I have, the Raider Mobile, So that goes through Haggerty, and then have insurance elsewhere. So and that's way before I met Rob and that was through my wife's insurance company. So uh, needless to say, I'm going to tell you that I'm not right now with rob rishi farmers insurance but i recommend him dearly not just because he's a sponsor but because he'll help you out no matter what you need and that's so important rob your heart and soul are into your practice and and, and
3: life insurance talking about it is about as boring as it comes but when you think of what would happen tomorrow to your loved ones if you didn't Walk back into that house. That's not boring at all. It's scary.
1: It's intimidating. Give you and your family peace of mind, please. There you go. Seven oh two. You got down three three five fifty seven forty four three three five five seven four four. Rob will be back the end of June. Always appreciate him stopping in, and he will have at least two new listeners uh, the next time he makes it out. Seattle did win that game against the A's three to two. That is a final. And uh, the only two games that were still going were fourth quarter action as far as the WNBA and the Golden Knights. Uh, losing tonight in overtime to Dallas, so that's now three games to one. Ace is still up by six with only 225 now left in the fourth quarter, 85-79 against the L.A. Sparks, but laying 15 and a half, if you laid all those points, you got to sweat that out. 81-68 Phoenix leads Minnesota, three minutes to go fourth quarter there. They were minus five. You're in better shape there if you took the Mercury tonight. Uh, we will continue to roll on through robbery. She says the Knights take care of business and end the series on Saturday. Looking forward to that again, a five hundred five start at the Fortress T-Mobile. And uh, we'll keep things rolling here through our number two, Alex B. Smith. He'll come on. He'll weigh in on that game, and he'll break down. Uh, game five from the Fortress as well. And he'll also look at the Eastern Conference winners, the Florida Panthers. Andy Isco and I will go through the baseball. Uh, let me run down. Uh, I, th- I think I got all the, yeah, I did get all those scores in, but we'll get into detail. We'll get into the overnights as well. we'll also look at the uh, NBA because we've got the Denver Nuggets right now on the on-deck circle for whoever wins the Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. That'll go to game six on Saturday night as well. So we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, a lot of other things going on in the world of golf. We do have the Charles Schwab Challenge. Rob, real quick before I let you go, uh, Michael Block, the pro, the uh, the course pro, had himself a pretty good outing there at the PGA Championships, made himself a couple hundred grand. Today he starts with an 11 over par at the Charles Schwab Challenge over there in F- Fort Worth, Texas. But uh, uh, maybe he had to just come back to earth a little bit.
3: Back to reality. But I'll tell you, to be king for a day, which he was, uh, I could – just recognize so many accomplishments he made. But to hear the announcers that were announcing the golf, they they were just in awe of what he did, what he accomplished. And the fact he especially did it on the last day with Rory McIlroy was
1: just flat out special. Yeah, no doubt about it. Making himself, like I said, a few hundred thousand. Uh, Harry Hall actually leads that Charles Schwab challenge. He is a minus eight from Switzerland. He is the leader. Then a bunch of Americans led by Harris English, three strokes back at minus five. And uh, that's where we sit after day one there, Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas. Ken, never mind. No, go ahead. You got it. Okay. Rookie. Hey,
3: Front Row Card Show at the Tuscany this weekend. I'll be there. Come say hi. Say you've met me on the radio show, but lots of sports cards, comics, and all that stuff. Great memorabilia. We'd love to see you.
1: There you go. You get me a uh, price on my LeBron James rookie card. Hour number one in the book. Sports Radio. Coming right back. 101.5 FM. K-Dawn. Keep it right here.
0: for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium, and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion. Items order promo direct.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit William So get ready because
1: x Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT with Andy Isco in studio, PSBR Lost Studios. Here in Las Vegas, PSBR Law, the best in personal injury, 830 Get that number down, 830 area code. And, of course, the Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce, one of my favorite sponsors of all times. No matter where I've been doing radio, did it, Southern Cal, you know, for almost a decade and here now, uh, 20 years here in the Vegas Valley, uh, the last 15 on k Uh, But the Preventive Diagnostic Center helps extend lives, really gives you information that is so valuable. So demographically, if you fall between the ages of 40 and 72, you know how fortunate you are here in the Vegas Valley to have... The only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. I'm talking about uh, myocarditis, pericarditis. These are things that uh, become prevalent over the last several years. So get your hearts checked out and get all your organs checked out. You can call, leave a message now, Preventative Diagnostic Center. Get that free educational consultation set up. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900. You let them know KT from SportsX Radio sent you. A uh, comfortable scan just takes a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Early detection is key. Get, key, get, get peace of mind. Take charge of your health, if I could spit that out. But uh, realistically, the heart CT scan and calcium score special, you have no excuse. Again, demographically, you fall between 40 and 72. Get your butts in there. Check it out. $125, $600 value, and your significant other absolutely free. So the two of you get your hearts checked out for $125. You can go check out the website. They've got a lot of things on there, PD Center LV dot com pd center lv.com so please check that out and again let them know Ken Thompson sent you Andy Isco is with me in studio at Vegas Andy 711 at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio you can follow the show that way on Twitter and then if you miss any part of the show the archive is pinned to both those Twitter handles but also you can go to the Odyssey app the Worldwide Odyssey app and go right to the rewind feature and go back and check things out there SportsX Radio Wives and of course Mark Hoke's show my producer his show is 8am to 10am Sunday mornings the best in professional wrestling And he's got another big interview tomorrow that we'll get on SportsX Radio and also on his show on Sunday. But Alex B. Smith, one of my faves, uh, he's a White Sox sufferer, a fellow White Sox sufferer like Chicago Bill. But he's also a Blackhawks fan, and he's waiting uh, for the draft, I guess, because right now uh, he's uh, still doing his podcast. He does a great job on the ice guys. And ice guys finish first. And, uh, Alex B, it's great to have you along with Andy Isco in studio. Should, so should be some good hockey talk, but the, uh, Golden Knights could not pull off what the Florida Panthers pulled off in the Eastern Conference. That is get a sweep. They took out Carolina last night, four games to none. Tonight, Golden Knights never trail till the final score, three to two, did give, giving Dallas a lot of credit, finding a way to get it done. And, Andy and I felt it and Rob Rishi was in studio as well, felt it that the writing was on the wall. Once that penalty to McNabb was called, the way the Knights were struggling to get to those fifty fifty pucks in the third period, they were gonna be in trouble and it proved to be uh, proved to be uh, doomsday and uh, they end up losing that game tonight. Alex B great to have you back on SportsX Radio.
4: Yeah, great to be back on as always. And, and yeah, that's absolutely it. Correct. You know that Penalty. I mean, uh, you could just say all the momentum was in Dallas's favor, and like I said, those fifty-fifty battles were going their way. Where they, you couldn't have said that in the first three games, really, even three and a half games. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, like I said, the tide kind of turned uh, later in that contest, mostly toward Dallas's way. So, kudos to them for hanging on. I, like I said, I'm, I'm just mystified at how this series has turned out. Someone who had a lot of Dallas futures in play and really thought Dallas matched up well. Uh, overall in the series. I- I'm surprised that they're you know in the spot now where they had to extend the series uh, to a game five going back to Vegas.
1: All right, before I throw it to Andy Isco, two questions. Number one, how uncharacteristic was it of Jamie Benn to do what he did to Mark Stone with that cross-check up around the head-neck region? And then the second part of that question, because they have to survive not only that game where he Basically missed, you know, the entire game three, but also a two-game suspension handed down by the league, so he misses tonight, but also will miss Saturday's game at the fortress. So how big is it that a star like left wing Jason Robertson steps up? He had 11 shots on goal tonight. He is special, and uh, he is right now the catalyst for that Dallas Stars team. So started off first with Jamie Benn, and then Jason Robertson.
4: Yeah, so yeah, with the touch with Ben and and, and how uncharacteristic. Yeah, I wouldn't say uncharacteristic. That's not the word I would use. We've seen him uh commit some dirty acts before. He had a, a you know incident where he injured uh Dylan Larkin uh just a couple of seasons ago and actually ended his season with kind of a dirty hit to the head and neck area. So this is something we've seen from him before. So it's not completely out of the blue, but you know, as a captain of the team and just, just a, a leader and just a veteran player, you can't afford to do that to hurt your team and put them, them in that position. It was just a very selfish act, uh, a cowardly act. And then the fact that he couldn't even face the media, you know, right after the game, had to wait till the next day when he knew he was going to get suspended to address it. It just made it look even worse. But they're going to miss him on the ice as well. Like I said, guys like uh, Richardson are going to have to step up. And the thing with him is, you know, like I said, he had 11 shots. He has to be producing that way every night, whether Ben's out there or not. Uh J. is going gonna have to do that. You know, Ru Hint, who was uh solid in the first couple of rounds, so he's gonna to have to step up uh and be a key a key factor. That it's a whole group effort with that top six that's gonna to have to step up now. Whether Ben's there or not, they're gonna to have to, you know, try to continue and get that offensive output that we've seen from them throughout most of the
1: regular season and even at times in those first couple of rounds. All right, Andy Isco uh, some questions for Alex B. as far as the Golden Knights series.
2: Well, actually, I wanted to uh, ask Alex uh, a little bit of a scouting report. We know that the winner of the uh, Dallas Golden Knights series is going to play Florida, and I'd like Alex to let us uh, have a little bit of an insight as to how Florida matches up against either uh, well, or both of these uh, potential opponents.
4: Yeah, that, and that's a great question because Florida, I think they would rather play Dallas. Uh, to be honest, and obviously situationally that would make sense because you're talking about a Dallas team that would be coming back from the 3-0 deficit, momentum, and and so forth of that nature. But not only that, I I think that they would be able to match style for style. Whether Florida wanted to dictate and play a a faster uh, their forechecking style, I think they would be able to find ways to get through holes with Dallas. I think they'd also be able to close up the middle of the ice, which is something that Vegas has done masterfully, uh, against Dallas, and that would be something that would work in their favor. Against Vegas, I think they would have a little bit tougher time with matchups. Uh, you know, I think coaching would be a, a little bit of a, a stronger edge there with uh, with Florida. Uh, and more, I'm sorry, with, with Vegas, rather. I think Cassie's a little bit better of a coach than Maurice, but Maurice is solid. So that's kind of where I wrapped up. There. It would be fairly even, but I would give a slight edge to Florida – Uh, with the way that they're playing right now, they probably want to play Dallas rather than Vegas.
2: How would you uh, rate the uh, potential three goalies that we would see between uh, Dallas, the Knights, and uh, the Panthers?
4: Well, I mean, you got to go You gotta go with a current form kind of chart with these three because, uh, you know, I still would take Jake Ottinger as my number one goalie over uh, Aiden Hill or, or Sergey Bobrovsky. But as of where things stand right now, Bobrovsky is playing the best hockey we've seen him play in his entire career uh, at this point. And so is Aiden Hill, a uh, young kid who's really stepped up and emerged. And, you know, th- those two guys have shown – to respond to resiliency a little bit better than Ottinger has. Ottinger, who had a tremendous record off of a loss during the regular season and even in the first rounds or so of the playoffs, that's kind of faulted now. He's been, you know, you can beat him two, three times in a row now. We've seen, uh, and so that that's kind of let luster's worn off a little bit with him.
1: I was going to say how uh, how big confidence builder wise was tonight's performance by Ottinger had thirty seven saves of the thirty nine shots by the Golden Knights, but he stymied Jack Eichel a couple times one on one.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, that, and that's solid. Like you said, you know, to turn in a big performance for him, that's good. He's you know getting that momentum back. So now if he can string it together and get another another win, uh, and bring some real life back into the series. Uh, it would be a tremendous thing to see, but yeah, it's, it's going to you know a lot of that's going to rest on his
1: shoulders too. He's going to have to step up and make some big ten bell saves the rest of the series uh, if Dallas has a chance. All right, So McNabb got that high sticking penalty in the overtime was the right call. What was your take on the call inside the final, just inside the final minute of regulation after Carolina had battled back last night in Game Four against Florida to get even at three apiece? Uh, the the what was it a tripping penalty there? Yeah. Kind of looked. Uh, ticky tack and I didn't know if I could if I could justify making that call at that juncture of the game did you think it was a a good call by the officials
4: it ultimately was the thing was that there was another call that was missed maybe 40 seconds later of the cross check that was missed uh, that would have negated that so you know that's the thing it's like in that time frame you let those little things go and if you let the cross check go 40 seconds before it, then yeah, you could have let the trip go as well. So I wasn't too crazy
1: about that, uh, about that call. And like I said, you know, obviously it was, you know it was a major swing of things. Right. And yet that's a good call because if you make that call Mm -hmm. on the trip, that's right. You got to even things up as far as the cross check as well, uh, which they did not do. So I agree with you. And Carolina, you could just feel them, uh, you know, still being alive in that series if they could get the lead in that game last night. And they couldn't do it, but they never quit and they got it even at three apiece. And I'm thinking. If that game goes overtime and Carolina finds a way to win it and get it back to Carolina, they, too, would have a chance because of the style of hockey they play. They're never really out of a game. Very rarely does Carolina ever lose uh, by multiple goals.
4: That's that's true. Yeah, they were never out of it. But when they scored the tying goal, the energy that and I, I was watching, it, I was, we were doing uh, the Ice Guys, we were doing our live betcast. so we were all watching as a group together. And I remember saying that, you know, Their body language didn't really seem as, like, super, you know, excited and confident about, hey, you know what, we got this game tied up. Now we can, you know, head to overtime and try to win this. Their body language didn't didn't say that. So I kind of felt like Florida could take this overtime and score really early. I didn't think they were going to score with seconds remaining in regulation. But but it it wasn't the most shocking thing because Florida kept their composure. They knew that they had time. And they knew that even if they were to go in the OT that, you know, things were on their side, being at home, they could have taken care of business pretty early had it gone to that fourth period.
2: You know, one of the things that I've noticed, and I think probably more so in that uh, Carolina-Florida series, is the uh, calling or non-calling of goalie interference. It seems that there's no real consistency when you take a look at a lot of plays that arguably are very similar to one another, and yet depending upon who's looking at it uh, in the home office, you get opposing calls, and uh, that may be, to me, one of the toughest calls in hockey.
4: I mean, yeah, and I, I don't really quite understand why because the biggest, you know, takeaway from the, the language in the last uh, ruling is, you know, whether a goalie is able to make an attempt at a save. And there's been a lot of these, you know, calls where I've seen uh, the goalie able to attempt to make a save and then they wave it off saying that he was not. And it's clearly uh, the wrong call, you know, despite all where the where the puck was, who was in front of it. But just that aspect alone is the biggest thing that's being missed. And I don't understand that because that's the clearest thing you can see. That's easier than seeing where the puck is crossing, where a stick is hitting a player, if it's in impeding his vision or or positioning. You could just look at where the goalie is and see if he was able to move left or right, up or down, or move his hand to the left or right and then we'd be able to determine if that was where he could have made a save or not.
2: Yeah, yeah, the difficulty that that I see there is that you're often looking at something uh, maybe one to two and a half seconds previous to where the goal is scored because that's where the goalie might be incapable of making the move but might have had the opportunity to make the move if not for that being impeded at the time that the goal is uh, approaching the line.
4: Yeah, I get what you're saying with that, and and that's I think it would still have to be something that, like I say, yeah, the snap judgment. You're still gonna have to use the, the replay yeah. to to review that, but but just having that baseline being what you start to look from first, and then finding out, you know, adding the pieces from there. I think that would make the process just a little, a little bit easier. Even I see, I feel like if anything, they they work backwards from that. They try to find where the puck is located first. You know, what the actual play around is going on first and then look at everything else in between. Maybe look at it from the, from literally the net outward when, when they're making these reviews.
1: At AX Smith Sports, you can follow Alex B that way, and of course, he's a handicapper of many different sports. Loves the fight game as well. But uh, staying with the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars series, they resume on Saturday here at the Fortress at T-Mobile in Las Vegas. Game five that'll be a 5:05 Pacific time start, so 7:05 where Alex is in the Midwest and 8.05 back there on the East Coast. Alex B., your take on that game going in, because the Golden Knights, they lead the league as far as block shots, they also have a magic number. Three has been that magic number. They've won 31 straight games when scoring three goals or more. So they didn't get there tonight, would have gotten there and would have kept that streak alive had they gotten the overtime victory. But they uh, come up short with only two. So they'll try and get that streak going. Uh, your take going into game five, because the Knights have to know in the back of their mind, they're probably not – thinking of that right now but you know as the game wears on if it's one of those games that they're either trailing or it's close they're going to know that jamie ben will be eligible to be back in game six in dallas and that will really give a lift to that stars team so i really think the knights need to get this one in game five break it down for me
4: yeah absolutely and i think this is going to be a war uh i think vegas is really going to take the fight to dallas early in this one and the first thing that i look at when i'm seeing these numbers i'm looking at over five and a half uh, seeing a dollar five, dollar ten right now. If you shop around, I, I think Vegas is going to come out hot and ready, and we're going to see them, like I said, dictate the pace and tempo, and almost kind of play into Dallas's style a little bit, at least you know just on the on the visual surface with that kind of speed. But like I said, they've been playing well enough defensively to make sure to clog up that middle, uh, take away the shot quality from Dallas. But I think there's going to be a lot of
1: open uh, offense both ways here. And over five and a half, I think that's definitely a good look here All in right. this game. Good stuff. That's the way we will look as well on Saturday, over five and a half, uh, courtesy of AX Smith Sports. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco got a little uh, preview there of that Florida Panthers team. That's just, uh, I mean, Alex B., I mean, you've been doing this for a long time as far as following hockey. Uh, the run that the Panthers are on is is pretty, pretty remarkable. I mean, down three games to one to the number one overall seed. We're not just talking about the president's trophy winner. We're talking about the best record of all times in regular season as far as NHL. I mean, Boston lapped the field. And for Florida, down three games to one, to come back and win that series, truly remarkable. And then the run that they're on, they showed that it's not a fluke. And they were the team that had the most points in the league last year, but short-circuited in the second round, really have come up big. And this team's just great, gaining more and more confidence. And Matthew Kachuk is leading the way. Yeah, I mean,
4: it, it is a remarkable story. You think about it, you know, they were 17th in the league in points. And the Calgary Flames, who missed the playoffs, had had more points than them. Uh, overall so they were literally the last team to qualify in the postseason uh come back from 3-1 against a team that had the best record ever uh win that series you know defeat Toronto defeat Carolina you beat the three best teams in the Eastern Conference i mean that they truly earned uh that Prince of Wales trophy with, with this performance it's incredible and you know, the only thing I can think of close to what I've you know seen like this in recent history had to be that St. Louis Blues team a few years ago where, you know, they were New Year's Day, the worst team in the league and they all of a sudden emerge and go on to win the the whole thing, win the Stanley Cup. So uh we'll see if Florida can, you know, complete the task, but it it's just already amazing. Like I said, Matthew Kachuk has really emerged as a growing superstar in this league, but certainly for that team and becoming the face of that franchise, something that they've needed for a very long time.
1: Alex B real quick anything on the uh, Boston Miami basketball series uh, you know Celtics came out big time tonight after struggling throughout the series but really put it together in the late third and fourth quarters in Miami but coming up big from start to finish tonight in Beantown something that I expected but uh, maybe not as dominant a performance as as I thought I mean they were more dominant than I than I thought I thought they have a good chance to cover the eight. And then, of course, uh, with Gabe Vincent being scratched, I, I still felt it was going to be a double-digit win. But for them to elevate their play to get it up to 16 to 20 points pretty much throughout the entire contest, I thought very, very impressive. Who do you like in this series now? Do you still give Jimmy Butler and Miami a chance uh, to take care of business in Game 6 in Miami on Saturday? Or do you think Boston's good enough to get it back to Beantown for Game 7?
4: Well, no, I'm really hoping Miami wins it now because – I have two plays. I have a nine-to-one ticket on uh, the Heat to win the Eastern Conference that I got uh, about, what, maybe just over a month and a half ago. And I also have uh, the series to end, Heat winning four-to-two at ten-to-one. So I'm really happy now. I thought this was going to be a sweep and this series would be over. But now that uh, Boston's won these last two games, I got a chance to close both of those out. And I think, you know, if Vincent can come back, Jimmy Butler can come back playing at home, uh, you know, we could see playoff Jimmy kind of arise again. And he had a little bit of a slow night tonight. But I think the Heat will be able to close things out in six, and that would be a really nice payday for me. But uh, I, I really think they'll be able to do things uh, at
1: home and, and get to that kind of finals against Denver. There you go. Andy Isco, you want to weigh in?
2: No, I'm, I'm along uh, the same lines. I think we touched upon it in the uh, uh, in the uh, first hour that it, the pressure is on both of these teams, maybe a little bit more on Miami knowing that if they don't win, it's going to be very difficult to win a Game 7 up in Boston.
1: Yeah, I think Boston has saved – I think the Celtics have saved face, but now they realize, you know what, saving face, forget that. We've got a chance to get to the finals. We can take – care of business in the next two games people go yeah but four straight no it's only two straight now and it's the old one game at a time cliche the coaches talk about it all the time and that's the way to do it whittle it down and right now they've got it down to where if they take care of business in miami on saturday they get it back to boston for a game seven on sunday alex b your white Sox took it on the chin today but they've been playing better ball uh chicago bill wanted me to ask your expert opinion because they are in the weak central division there, Major League Baseball in the American League. Uh can they come back and win that division?
4: Yeah. I mean its it's entirely possible. You know, seeing them uh slowly climb up. We just gotta try to keep everybody healthy. Uh that that's easier said than done right now. But you know, we got Makana, you know, hopefully getting ready to, to come back and be fully uh immersed. Liam Hendricks is still, you know, kind of going through his rehabbing and in Charlotte hopefully he can be back into the bullpen It'll be a much-needed uh, improvement in the later innings. Uh, so this is a, a Sox team that, you know, they can just weather the storm, stay healthy, start hitting the ball as the weather you know, starts to break. Hopefully they can uh, get things rolling in the right direction. And, yeah, it would be
1: nice to see them try to contend for that AL Central. All right, so let everybody know how they can uh, listen to your podcast, The Ice Guys, and how they can get all your plays because you're a big fan of the fight game, boxing, UFC, you do it all. Let everybody know how they can get in touch with you.
3: Yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah, And I'll have a lot more fight coverage stuff coming up in the summertime, too. But follow me on Twitter at AXSmithSports. Check out the Ice Guys. You can find that on YouTube uh, every day, Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at noon Eastern. Uh, I find that anywhere where you stream your podcasts. And also, uh, like I said, check out the
1: the Twitter as well, the underscore Ice Guys. Alex B. Smith, appreciate you big time, buddy. Always enjoy you weighing in, and we'll check in with you as the uh, hockey continues and we get set for the Stanley Cup final. Looking forward to that and looking forward to your opinion and, of course, listening to the Ice Guys. Thanks for stopping by SportsX Radio again, bud. All right. Later, Ken. Later, Andy. Take care, Alex. Great stuff, Alex B. Smith. Take a break. Hour number two, SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday. Going to weigh in with my producer real quick before we uh, take the break because Mark hoke has got the big Mark Hoke Show coming up on Sunday. And, Mark, you've got a uh, special guest in studio tomorrow, so uh, things continue, and AEW has been a big part of it. But you're working hard as far as your wrestling show, so kind of clue everybody in what's going on tomorrow interview-wise and what they can look forward to Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the Mark Hoke Show.
5: You ready for some double J, Ken Thompson? Are you ready?
1: I don't know if I am. I don't think I am. You should be. Well, I, I'm not. But is that uh, w- Jim be-
2: Jim Beam and Johnny Walker? No,
1: J? no.
5: It's Jeff Jarrett, the ten time world champion, of course. WWE Hall of Famer, and now of course wrestling for AEW and is their director of business development uh, is going to be. We're going to be interviewing him tomorrow, so we're going to have that interview here on SportsX Radio tomorrow night, and of course on my show. On Sunday as well. Plus, we got the Nasty Boys, another Hall of Fame set of Hall of Famers there too. I mean, holy cow. Plus, of course, we've got WWE Night of Champions pay per view, it's uh, going to be preview live event. That's what they call them on Saturday. So, we're going to talk about that and then getting ready for EW Double or Nothing on Sunday night here at T Mobile. And I think there's still some tickets available and it's going to be awesome. So, we're loaded, Ken.
1: We're loaded. Uh, you know what? You're doing a great job. You're getting a lot of big-time uh, guests over there on the Mark Hoke Show, and, of course, uh, you're sprinkling them on uh, SportsX Radio as well. So good job there, Mr. Hoke. Well, sprinkling's good.
5: It's good. I uh,
1: I saw the way you devoured those lamb chops at Steiner's last night. I was slow on those, Ken. But you devoured, I really was. Uh, when I made, devoured, I didn't say how fast you went. You de- you devoured them as far as, I don't know, it looked like an archaeologist was there. All I saw were bones. Oh. There was no meat left on the bones at uh, all. You're lying, Ken. You know that.
5: You're lying. You were you were doing sports X radio. I, I could say you were in the table right there in front. I actually am not good about that. I, I don't I don't skim it all off down to the bone. I never do that. Just just the thing with me. I don't know what it is. If you cook stuff, you know, like ribs, if you cook them right, the meat falls off, and then you get all bone. But that's about it. I don't know. I did not. I did not. You know, sit there and get my fingernail or take my incisors and. You know, have leave a uh, caveman marks in the bones. I did not, but I, but they tasted extra special from uh, Krivsky having to buy them last night.
1: There you go. That and was fun. That's right. And then uh, you still have uh, some work to do on KT's tab over there at Steiner's Pub. Be back there next Wednesday, and uh, maybe make it down after the show. Take our break here, first one in hour number two. Keep things rolling. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco. We are live from Vegas Sports X Radio. Rolling. Through up until nine fifty-seven, uh, we'll get out of here. But uh, keep it right here, one hundred one point five FM K streaming live on that Odyssey app. Lots to talk about with AI. Lots of football news as well. We'll get into it when we get back live from Vegas. A little Kenny Loggins coming back on a throwback Thursday. KT in studio, PSBR Law Studios, along with Andy Isco. Thanks to Rob Rishi stopping by hour number one. And Alex B. Smith on the PSPR Law Hotline starting off hour number two. Mark Hoke producing AI. I know uh, getting acclimated into football. And we've got uh, Westgate Superbook got all the win totals out. And uh, will they or will they not make the playoffs? You have numbers on the yay or nay with all the teams. And then, of course, we've got the opening week. Uh, Point spreads out already and a lot of optimism, of course, before the season, but not so much here in Las Vegas, according to uh, people that are coming in and betting as far as the Raiders. And for me, myself, I'm just, uh, wait and see this year. Don't have as much optimism going into the season. Uh, not that I think it's going to be a bad season. I just don't know. I just don't have a, a feeling one way or the other because of a lot of changes. Yeah, there's things that can work out, but, uh, you know, Derek Carr's not here any longer. Darren Waller's not here any longer. And, uh, even Darren Waller today came out as a member of the New York football giants and says, we're allowed to speak our minds here. And that was a pot shot through kind of thrown at Josh McDaniels, basically where, uh, you know, maybe he felt that he was not able to uh, speak over here without, you know, it being under a microscope. And of course he ends up there as a member of the New York football giants. And Devonte Adams has come out and uh, shown us some displeasure with what's going down as far as this team. So I think a lot more pressure on Coach Josh McDaniels, although uh, owner Mark Davis, maybe not so much. Maybe this is a mulligan year. Uh, Mick Lombardi is your offensive coordinator. Patrick Graham, who came over from the New York Giants last year, your defensive coordinator. You have a new special teams coach in Tom McMahon, who comes over after working that position for Denver for the last several years. Initial, uh, you know, off-the-cuff feel as far as the Raiders, their win total opened up at 7.5 and and is uh, bet down to 7 already. Yeah, I, I think
2: people are – you and I, I think, are of the opinion. I think other people may be looking at it uh, in a similar vein, and that is all things considered, is Jimmy Garoppolo a better option uh, than uh, Derek Carr? Uh, you know, Derek Carr was a capable quarterback. Yeah, he had some issues last year, but also he didn't blow all those big leads that they had uh, when uh, the defense surrendered. And that the defense was expected to be improved last year. I'm not sure – how much it was, but that's still gonna be a consideration. But when you look at the AFC West, I think you have to acknowledge Kansas City is the top team. And I I would certainly put the Chargers uh right behind Kansas City, uh with the with their roster uh and their quarterbacking. And the wild card in the division now may be Denver. I would have to think that uh Russell Wilson will benefit from their new head coach Sean Payton, who of course had a very successful career with Drew Brees down in uh, New Orleans. Uh, so I I wonder if maybe the Raiders might be the fourth team in this division this year, when maybe at the end of last year, before the coaching change in Denver, it was thought that, uh, A, Aaron Rodgers might be a possibility to replace Derek Carr, and B, you didn't know that uh, Russell Wilson would get uh, uh, as significant, at least what Appears to be a significant upgraded head coach as head coach as it's turned out to be. So I can understand the uh, pessimism, uh, but there is talent. You know, Jacobs is a is a proven running back. Adams, you know, still one of arguably the top three or four receivers in the league. So I guess it's going to depend upon how well he and uh, Garoppolo de- uh, develop chemistry. So I think the win total for the Ra- for the Raiders is, you know, last year it was what, eight and a half, I think, eight, yep, eight and a half? Eight and a half, right. And so they're already expecting a downgrade this year. Um, let's see what the roster looks like. Let's see how things go in training camp because uh, my initial thought is I think the Raiders are talented enough to at least go eight and nine, which would cast the over, and even right now it's seven, seven and ten pushes. I think they're a better football team than that. Uh, I say Denver's the wild card, but you know that's the one team in the division that the Raiders have had great success against.
1: Yeah, and the schedule won't be easy. I mean, uh, there are teams much improved. A couple uh, teams, the Jets and the Giants, will make it out to Vegas. And uh, both of those teams greatly improved, at least roster-wise on paper. And, uh, you know, you got to go to Buffalo. First two games are, are brutal. And your first home game, I believe, against Pittsburgh, uh, Sunday night game, uh, but not going to be easy. They're going to open with Denver, and they've kind of mastered the Denver Broncos over the last several years, uh, sweeping the Broncos uh, several times. No, and that's have that's a nice in Denver. Sort of, yeah, the first game is in Denver. Yeah. That's just the Sean Payton open as far as that era. And like you said, you know, a guy that works well with quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, coming off the worst career, you know career year that he's had. Uh, he did lose a mentor, somebody that he had worked with with uh, you know for years, uh, that passed away prior to the season last year. And, uh, you know, that could have taken a a toll on his mental stability as well going into the Mile High City. But there was a lot of pressure on him because a lot of us, you know, around the league, you know, that have watched this league for a long time and watched Seattle uh, and, you know, Russell Wilson's play there just figured, you know what, Denver, they're going all in. We know that's a good, solid defense. So, you know. That team's going to be a team to be reckoned with. And then there were, you know, some good skill position players and some young faces like Jerry Judy uh, that we thought could really help uh, get that offense off to a great start. But my goodness, they were anything but competitive last year in a lot of their games. And Russell Wilson, again, was uh, abysmal to say the least. So, you know, will Sean Payton be big enough as far as, uh, you know, a new spark there for Russell Wilson to get his career turned back around?
2: Yeah, there were a lot of questionable decisions made uh, coaching-wise last year with Denver, and I don't think that the quarterback-coach combination really got along all that well. We know Russell Wilson's a much better quarterback than he showed last year, so maybe the intangibles surrounding the start of this season are better. And, again, if, if someone can you know do something with a quarterback and resurrect a career, I certainly think Sean Payton would be capable of that. And you know, it's a funny thing, once you start playing well and winning It tends to to feed upon itself. I'm not saying that Denver's going to be a playoff contender, although with their defense, if they play at a level similar to what the talent shows that they could do last year, they might very well. You know, you do have that. We've had that extra wild card team for a couple of years now. You know, if you in fact, if you go back to the start of last year, it was thought that the AFC West was the strongest division in football. Didn't quite turn out that way, but maybe this year it could.
1: Okay, so uh, one of the guys that was considered as the heir apparent for the Raiders at the quarterback position was going to be Jarrett Stidham. And Stidham stepped in last year when Derek Carr was kind of put on the shelf. Uh, there was a lot of money involved, whether or not, uh, you know, Derek Carr was going to compete in those last two games. Well, they made it known, the coaching staff, that he was not going to be available. Uh, they did not want to risk injury to Derek Carr because they'd be on a hook, I believe, for $33 million. Uh, and That's whether or not they, you know, stepped away from uh, the contract with him. So they didn't want to take a cap hit and uh, just wanted to kind of let it be known that we're going to go another direction. So the knock on Carr was that he uh, didn't do well in the system. Uh, To me, I kind of felt, I blame that on the coach. Well, I, I, I look at it that way because I also look at it that, you know, Derek Carr really, you know, in the nine years here, again, played with the league's worst defense. Combined in the nine years that he played, they ranked 32nd. Okay, so it doesn't get any worse than that. Uh, yeah, maybe he didn't have a full grasp on the system. Stidham did with his years there at New England as a backup to Brady and uh, got to know the system a little bit. But they don't elect to keep Stidham. He now is a member of the Denver Broncos. He's backing up Russell Wilson. And what we saw from Stidham in the uh, game, next to last game of the regular season here in Vegas against San Francisco, was an outstanding performance. He had to close a week later against Kansas City. They had some film on him as a starter in a meaningful game, not a preseason game because he started several of those, uh, and he got tattooed pretty good. But that's a Kansas City team that was peaking, uh, a Niners team that maybe took for granted uh, this Raider team, because they were struggling and the Niners were playing at such a high level. But the Raiders nearly ambushed the Niners and got the victory here, did not, came up short. And uh, were you surprised that Stidham did not get a crack at the starting quarterback job, that it is indeed Jimmy Garoppolo that gets that opportunity? Well, I,
2: I guess it goes back to the time in, uh, in New England and uh, McDaniel's familiarity with uh, both quarterbacks, really. And let me just follow up a little bit on what I said about blaming it on the coach. I've always believed that... Successful coaches are those who don't try to fit players into a specific system, especially if they're veterans, but rather they build a system around the strengths of the players that they're coaching because you you, you want the athlete to be as comfortable as possible and be able to utilize uh, the talents that he has displayed. And when you try to take that away from an athlete they ten, there's a tendency to perhaps sometimes hesitate a little bit if you're not comfortable and that basically is taking a step backwards in the development of a program so i've always looked at the great coaches and basically you know sometimes they inherit a quarterback sometimes they draft a quarterback but they do so the successful ones by saying what does this guy do well what does this guy not do well let's build upon his strengths and surround him with the talent that allows him to take advantage of those strengths so i think that was something that maybe uh, uh, led to the uncomfortableness of Derek Carr last year. And, you know, we'll find out this year when he's in uh, in New Orleans because he's got some talent that he'll be playing with down there.
1: Including a solid defense, no question. A defense that's been very consistent. Uh, staying with Garoppolo real quick, signed that three-year, $72.5 million contract with the Raiders uh, on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Uh, was introduced at a news conference a day later. But word has it now that he had foot surgery in March. We don't know exactly when, but we know he's not going to be part of the OTAs for the Raiders and uh, probably around, you know, training camp get going and try and get acclimated. I get it, missing OTAs, uh, you know, if you're a veteran like Garoppolo. But when you're the member of a new team, even though it's a system you may be familiar with, that's still kind of a downer because you've got to get to know the other players that are on your roster and try and get that chemistry going. So for it to come out now that he had foot surgery in March, and we again, we don't know exactly when in March that was, but I think that's, uh, that's a little blindside there to the Raider fan base.
2: Yeah, uh, Jimmy has been a winner, you know, what, uh, the season with the uh, 49ers getting to the uh, uh, the Super Bowl uh you know, is he in that tier of being a playmaker who can be make a be a difference maker I'm not quite sure we can say that but that's because the team has not had uh, uh, the raiders have not had that great success with that kind of uh, of player but uh, certainly uh, the familiarity with with McDaniels uh should be a positive as i say they've got some good receivers they've got a good running game Let's hope that the offensive line can uh, do what it needs to do to give Garoppolo time to uh, execute the game plan, and if we can see some improvement on the defense, there are players on this defense, and you know sometimes it takes a couple of years to uh, to gel, and you know we've been saying that for a couple of years, and maybe there has been some progress being made on that side of the football, but it's been probably a lot slower than most people would have certainly wanted and probably even expected
1: there you go before we go to our final break also first round draft pick picked with the number seven pick out of texas tech tyree wilson he's also still rehabbing a surgically repaired right foot uh which he hurt last november there for texas tech so you know that's tough as well your take on tyree wilson the raiders first round pick What's your initial feeling? How much help will he be right now? Initially on the depth chart, he's backing up Chandler Jones at defensive end. Of course, Max Crosby on the other side has been, you know, the ever ready bunny. He's always in the backfield, but he'll need help. And uh, Chandler Jones, of course, was a major disappointment. The early part of last year had a few good games, uh, you know, including one against New England, but uh, really struggled for most of the season. So they'll need more from him. But Tyree Wilson, there's going to be pressure on him to come in and produce right away.
2: Yeah, but he's also going to be playing behind a couple of guys who have some pretty good experience, so they could sort of be a mentor and a teacher to sort of like pass the torch. Certainly, in the case of Chandler Jones, who's, uh, you know, more closer, I think, to the end of his career than the beginning of his career. Max Crosby, I think, probably, maybe he hasn't reached his peak yet, so he's certainly got some good football. So there will be some pressure on him, but I think it'll be eased by the fact that, you know, he'll have some good teammates around him and the pressure might not be as great and he'll be able to fit in more comfortably and not feel like he has to be the playmaker He's certainly got a lot of raw talent.
1: There you go alright we'll take our final break we'll let you know the uh, Las Vegas Aces did win that game in Los Angeles against the Sparks 94 85 do not cover the 15 and a half the game flies over the 169 and a half hits 179 and the other game went to Phoenix 90 to 81 they cover the 5 point line at home get their first win with Brittany Griner back in the lineup and that game also sailing well over the total 159 and a half hits 171 90 to 81 the final there take our final break SportsX Radio 101 point 5 FMK Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app again real easy download that sucker now it is free in the app store and it is a U D A C Y come back wrap things up you're listening to sports X radio on a throwback Thursday keep it right here
5: oh yes I'm touched by this show should I be
1: Iconic voice of Tina Turner, the late Tina Turner, passing away at 83. Played one of her songs last night, but Mark Hoke's been in the hits here and a lady that should be remembered for a long time, very iconic in the music world, and, uh, you know, just her personality was very uh, vibrant, and uh, she will be missed, no question about it. Ken Thompson, and Isco, back PSPR Law Studios, wrapping things up on a throwback Thursday. Uh, I do want to get it out there that uh, I did uh, get an article on uh, NFL.com that did uh, talk about Devontae Adams downplaying some recent comments and said he does love head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. So, uh, you know, we'll wait and see how things pan out with the new-look Raider roster. You do know that, uh, you know, when Devontae Adams came here, From Green Bay, he was looking forward to playing with Derek Carr. But he's a guy that's under contract, understands the game, and uh, you know, moving forward and going to make the best of the situation. So hopefully the Raiders of Silver and Black will be able uh, to get things rolling and uh, blow by that win total of seven. Doesn't look great on paper early out of the gate, but we'll wait and see how the roster transitions. And uh, we'll get you all the previews on all the NFL teams, college football as well. Andy Isco, looking forward to... uh, A lot of football talk uh, in the next several months. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, dissect a lot of these teams, and there's a lot of faces that have moved not only at the pro level but especially at the college level. My goodness, the transfer portals. I don't know how Brad Powers does it. I guess uh, you know he's probably 15 hours a day just studying all this stuff, making sure he's got it down. But it is going to be uh, just crazy getting caught up on a lot of those college rosters.
2: Yeah, the changing face of uh, college football, not just the – NIL, but also the ability to, uh, uh, to basically change schools uh, almost any time you want it makes it very difficult for the schools themselves to develop continuity. I think the uh, the uh, college that will be the most interesting to watch this year will be Colorado with what Deion Sanders has done, basically overhauling the entire uh, roster. But again, it takes time to develop uh, chemistry and timing, and that may be a, be a struggle for Colorado. I would not be surprised given Dion's record, if Colorado starts slowly and then plays well over the second half of the season, might be a very good team over the final half of the season to back against the spreads, you know, notwithstanding any uh, cluster and significant season-ending injuries.
1: All right. So baseball have the stage to themselves, center stage tomorrow, because no NBA or NHL playoffs. Both of those uh, series that are still going will resume on Saturday and a couple teams in waiting including the Florida Panthers and the Denver Nuggets, respectively, NHL and NBA. Andy, real quick, we've got a morning game, West Coast time at least, 11.20 a.m., Wrigley Field. Justin Steele's been pitching well, uh, left-hander against Hunter Green for Cincinnati right now. We look up, and it is Justin Steele minus 168, seven-year total uh, already listed, uh, anything on that game? I'm going to go buy these real quick. Yeah,
2: no, no I didn't see an edge either one. Uh, both of these pitchers uh, not in their best form compared to their season performance.
1: Taiwan Walker for Philly, uh, Jared Schuster for Atlanta, the Braves uh, right now minus 162 tenure total, shaded to the under.
2: Yeah, uh, can't find a reason to back Taiwan Walker right now, and the price a little bit expen- expensive for Atlanta.
1: Alex Wood and the Giants coming off a 5 nothing win in Milwaukee. It's a four-game set. The lefty, Wood, will go against Freddie Peralta, who's always tough at home. Peralta minus 130, 8.5 your total.
2: Might look a little bit towards Milwaukee. Probably won't play it because I think there are better games out there.
1: Max Scherzer, big number. You've got to lay on him against Colorado and Connor Seabold. Scherzer minus 220, 11 the total, shaded to the over. And the inconsistency of Scherzer, uh, I can't lay 220.
2: Now, if I did anything, I might look a bit over in, in this one because Scherzer's not been in very good form all year, and Seabold, uh, uh, similarly, he's only made four starts. So, again, not one that I'm really thrilled about, but uh, my look would be over before I'd play either side.
1: Detroit and the White Sox, game two in Detroit. White Sox-Lancelin, a big favorite, minus 145, 8.5-year total against Joey Wentz. Yeah, big number for uh, the White Sox. What'd you
2: say it was, Lynn Lane? One
1: forty-five. Yeah, that's about a
2: marginal enough for a play. But it's it's uh, if anything, it's a play against Wentz, who has really struggled in his. Uh uh, early uh, nine starts.
1: Oreos at home against Texas after taking two out of three in the Bronx against the Yankees. Grayson Rodriguez back on the hill at Camden Yards against John Gray in first place Texas Rangers. It is right now Baltimore minus 135, eight and a half your total shaded to the over. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't be surprised if this line moves. I do like Texas in this game. Rodriguez has not been very good at all and John Gray, a journeyman pitcher, pitching very well right now.
1: All right, Gausman for Toronto at Minnesota. Varland for the Twins. Gausman minus 155, eight-year total.
2: Yeah, might look under. Um, do like Gausman uh, for Toronto. He's pitching uh, very, very well. Uh, so I might look at Toronto. I might consider the under.
1: Hunter Brown for Houston at Oakland. Uh, Caprillian for Oakland. And uh, it is Hunter Brown minus 265, eight-year total.
2: Yeah, not sure if I'll do anything because Brown's not uh, been overly impressive. And I wonder how well the books did tonight because, yeah, Oakland lost, but they didn't cover, uh, but uh, Seattle did not cover the minus one and a half, which I think is the way a lot of folks now are playing uh, uh, against Oakland.
1: Yeah, second time in that series that the Mariners won a 3-2 game. Uh, Dodgers with Syndergaard against Beeks for Tampa. Uh, Right now, Tampa minus Your total.
2: Yeah, Syndergaard not in very good form really throughout the season. Peaks probably only going to a couple of innings, maybe 3-4 at most. Uh, have to back Tampa.
1: All right, only got a minute to go, so I'll run them down. Musgrove minus 127. Padres at New York against Vasquez. Nine-year total, but it's the New York Yankees, not the New York Mets. Padres at the Yankees. Uh, St. Louis... Is it Lieberman against uh, Bieber in Cleveland? And it is Bieber minus 118, eight-year total. Corbin for Washington at Kansas City. Lyles, Lyles minus 120, rare to see him a favorite, nine-year total. Lizardo for Miami against Detmers for the Angels in Anaheim. Detmers minus 144, eight-and-a-half-year total. Chris Sale pitching better of late. The lefty minus 150 at Arizona against the D-backs. And thought your uh, pitcher for the Snakes, Eight and a half is the total there. in Pittsburgh with Keller, who didn't pitch well last game, but the game before he was uh, unhittable, against George Kirby, who's been very consistent for Seattle. Mariners minus 167, your total, Andy.
2: Yeah, big number on that Seattle game. I'm gonna look under the total. Both pitchers in decent form uh, under the total. Might be three and a half of the first five innings. Might take a shot with Pittsburgh. I like what, uh, what they've been doing. And Seattle's not really been hitting the ball uh, significantly going up against a pitcher who's
1: done well. Outstanding stuff from Andy Isco at Vegas Andy 7-Eleven, at Mark Hoke show, at Ken Thompson 87, at SportsX Radio. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless her troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.